Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of We're Gonna Need a Bigger Show, and we are live from the Chattanooga Film Festival. I am very excited today. Uh, in the last few years, there's been a lot of really great things to come out of the independent uh, genre films, and uh, our next guest is probably one of my favorite people to be working uh, in independent horror right now. We have Graham Skipper. Graham, thank you so much for joining us today. Hello. Thank scoot you. you up here a little yeah. bit. Hello. Thanks for uh, having me. That's yeah, good. man. This and is for the very kind intro. I appreciate this is, uh, it. Oh, no problem, man. This is a lot of fun. Uh, have you been to the, the festival before? I've never been to Chattanooga Film Festival yeah. before, but I, I was talking to somebody earlier. I mean, every year that it's been going, I think this is the fourth year, right? Mm -hmm. uh, every year, um, everybody keeps just saying nothing but incredible things about it. And, yeah, it's, um, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. It's wild, man. It's uh, We've been a few years now, and everybody is just so kind with their time and you know, just setting things up. And, and I mean, the programming, especially this year, it's just... Yeah, know. it's a pretty, pretty awesome uh, yeah. block of films this year. It's great. Um, so yeah, so I'm, like I said, I'm very excited to be talking to you today. Um, you know, you've been kind of a, a, a new mainstay in the, the independent horror genre. Um, but I kind of want to talk, you know, we start at the beginning usually on bigger shows. So I wanted to talk about like your early exposure to genre and your, you know, your kind of early feelings towards filmmaking. Like when did that start to be a thing for you? Yeah. Um, you know, when I was a kid, uh, I, I used to be really afraid of horror films. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, and, and purely from seeing like, uh, you know, purely from seeing like trailers for Child's Play, I remember that really scared me. Sure. You know, and, and uh, I remember there was one night I, I had fallen asleep on the couch downstairs and I woke up and the dinner scene from Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> oh, was no. on, you know, had just come on TV and I'm going, oh my God. <laughs> so it took me a while um, to, uh, or, or I remember one of my earliest memories too is I remember uh, my parents were watching Monty Python and the Meaning of Life and I was very young I was like eight or something sure and I'm hiding behind the couch because I'm not supposed to watch it because there were <laughs> boobs in the movie but it wasn't the boobs that freaked me out it was the death scene yeah there was a death scene and it really like it was really scary so anyway I used to be really afraid of them and then um, I was probably like 12 or something and uh, my parents rented The Exorcist on VHS and we watched it and I mean I'd never seen anything like that in my life sure. you know like it, it completely destroyed me and I remember I stayed up all night I couldn't sleep I was convinced Satan was coming to get me <laughs> and and but the this crazy thing happened where I woke or I didn't wake up because I didn't sleep but once you know daybreak came I went you know okay logically I know that like I'm not going to get possessed by the devil right but this was a very real fear that I was having <laughs> how did this and I know a director directed this movie right so how did that guy do what he did to make me as afraid as I was and so the first thing I did I got up that morning and I watched it and I think I watched it four times that day wow and I, I just wanted to dissect it. I was like, what? It, how did he do this? And, sure. and you know, when you watch a movie over and over again like that, you start to be able to see the seams a little bit. And you, I could tell, you know, when Reagan's head was a fake one, and I went, oh, that's so cool. And how did he do that? And I think that that was really the first time that I, you know, would say I became, you know, I was always interested in horror stuff, but sure. I, it was always sort of from a distance. And I think at that point I went, oh, I really want to consume as much as I possibly can because this is, you know, that was such an incredible experience and and then once i think because i was able to dispel a bit of my fear of the exorcist uh -huh. it meant that other movies after that like didn't 
you know, they, they affected me in just a different way. Sure. Um, so yeah, I, I think it was, I think it was that. So you've kind of, along with that, I mean, you've, you've dabbled in a little bit of everything. I mean, you've, you acting, you know, the theater, uh, filmmaking, I mean, which, what came first for you as, as far as like what you actually started to pursue? Um, well, it was theater first. Okay. I mean, you know, when you're, you know, I grew up in Texas and, and so we had high school musicals and sure. plays and I had a bunch of really great teachers, uh, and I did actually did a film uh, when I was uh, around that same age. I was like 11 or 12. I did a film called Late Bloomers that shot in Dallas. Okay. Um, and so that was, you know, a, certainly a different experience. But I didn't, um, I, I didn't do another, you know, and I did some commercials and stuff. But, um, you know, it was mainly just theater stuff, local theater, lots of community theater. Sure. I uh, went to college in New York City at Fordham University uh, for theater performance. And again, that was, you know, an exclusively theater program. Right, so it was right. a lot of that. Um, and yeah, and, and throughout all this time, I was like the horror guy. You know, right. I just loved, I loved horror <laughs> movies. And me and my buddy Josh, we would, you know, have like a Halloween marathon every year, sure. you know, and all this stuff. And and um and and it was through like paying attention to what was pl- I never went to a film festival but it was through paying attention to film festivals and uh, you know like reading Fangoria and stuff right. that that I was able to find like some weirder some weirder things um, but yeah then uh, after college I did a lot of sketch comedy right um, and and in that you know it was it was more of like a, a weird like kind of surreal variety show so I was able to put in. Uh, you know, I would write horror scenes and sure. do like, and, and that was a great place to really experiment with things like form and, and, uh, and audience expectations. Right. Um, and that is directly what linked me to being able to do Reanimator the musical. Sure. Yeah. That was actually, you know, kind of next up. And that's what I was going to ask. I mean, it seems like theater and then starting to play with comedy and comedy and horror that it all kind of coalesced into that. Yeah. It was really so. So my comedy troupe, uh, we're called Fucked, F-U-C-T, and we, uh, 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 through doing that, I became friends with George Wendt, uh, oh, uh, you know, Norm from Cheers, sure. and, and uh, he became a good friend, and he, uh, and, you know, he came to several shows, and he uh, performed with us a couple times, and just became a really close friend of mine, and, uh, and I remember I, I was on vacation with my wife in Las Vegas, and I get a call from him, and I go, this is random. And he goes, hey, he said, have you ever heard of this director, Stuart Gordon? I go, have I ever heard of Stuart Gordon? <laughs> of course. You know, he said, well, have you ever seen Reanimator? And I go, yeah, I've seen Reanimator. He said, oh, well, they're auditioning for Herbert West in Reanimator the Musical. Stuart's directing, wow. and I think you'd be great. You know, you should come out and audition. And so he was like, he was like, can I give Stuart your phone number? And I go, duh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is like one of my idols, you know? Sure. And, and so he was like, okay, well, Stuart will be, you know, calling you soon. And I'm, I tell my wife, I say, look, we're just going to stop everything. And I'm just, Stuart Gordon's going to call me, right. you know, and I'm going to. Anyway, I ended up sending Jordan back, sending my wife back uh, on, uh, on the plane to New York, which is where we lived at the time. Right. And I drove from Vegas to L.A. and wow. I auditioned for the show. That's great. Um, but it was such a, you know, I think with that, like, it was my experience doing musical theater. Mm-hmm. It was my experience doing comedy. Um, right. And, and then just, I think my love for horror and my, my like, legit uh, reverence for the subject matter. Sure. I think is ultimately what, you know, helped me, you know, be lucky enough to, to get that. It was such an incredible experience. 
Did Jeffrey ever come see the show? He did. Yeah? Yeah, he did. He came opening night. It was That's him incredible. and Barbara. Um, oh, wow. uh, I mean, the whole cast came. That's fantastic. Um, and... Uh, he was really nice after, and he, sure. it was funny, he, he came on opening night, and he came up, and he said, can I give you one note? I said, sure. <laughs> and, and he said, when you're, when you're in the lab, loosen your tie a little bit. So right. I said, that's when he's getting down to work. Loosen your tie just a little bit. And so, you know, of course, I took the note, right. and, and uh, he was very nice, and I, I encountered him a few times after that. And That's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Wild. Yeah. So... We go from re- reanimator, and we start to like move a little more towards film and almost human. And yeah, yeah. talk a little bit about how that came to be. Um, well, so Joe Begas, mm-hmm. uh, when we were doing reanimator originally, uh, he was our stage manager. Oh wow! Because uh, he okay. he had worked for Stuart Gordon as Stuart's assistant for mm-hmm. you know during that period of time, and so he was our stage manager for reanimator the musical. Wow. And he and I would always trade like. I thought I was hot stuff, but like being like, have you ever heard of a movie called Suspiria? And he'd laugh and he'd like just slide me a DVD of inside and say, have fun. And so Joe really, you know, opened my eyes a lot. Sure. Um, and, uh, and so we became fast friends and he just came to me and said, Hey, I have the script and you know, we're going to do this thing wow. out of Rhode Island. And, uh, it, it, you know, it, it was really just, I mean, a, a, such a blessing. Sure. Um, you know, and, and we had to blast on that movie and then, you know, I, I feel too that the, the horror, the genre of filmmaking community in Los Angeles is very, very tight knit. Right. You know, and so, and well, and not just in LA, I mean, really, you know, everywhere. I mean, here we are in Chattanooga and there's people from Austin and LA and New York and all these people. Yeah. Everybody's just so supportive of each other, Absolutely. you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think that's. It was just through meeting those folks, through doing Reanimator and doing Almost Human, and sure. And, well, and then does that hook you in with like Aeriscope and you know the the Tales from Halloween people and, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that I first met, I I met um, most of the Tales of Halloween people from doing Reanimator because they had all come oh, and seen Reanimator. That's so wild. Isn't it wild? And <laughs> That's so cool. and so I met all them through that, right? And then by the time Tales of Halloween came around, it was just you know sort of a you know, a, a deal where people, you know, we were all it's a no brainer. I mean, it. just bring everybody in the yeah. community. Yeah, and and so that was great. And i I had met I had met Adam before, um, but we really, you know, we got to bond on that one. Sure. Uh, so it, yeah, yeah. Tales of Halloween was was just great fun. That's great. So I'm working with Joe and Almost Human leads to Mind's Eye, which was one of my favorite movies last year. Thanks. It was, it was just such a blast. I Thanks. Mean, yeah. I'm really, really proud of that one. Yeah. Um, I mean, can you talk a little bit about, I mean, the, it just seems like the conditions in which the movie was shot may have been harsh. Oh, dude, it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> well, it was like the worst blizzard in like 30 right. years or something. And <laughs> we, we get there and we're supposed to, you know, start shooting. And I, I think it was like the first day of shooting, like all of a sudden, it's coming down. The snowplow can't get, you know, we're filming in some tiny cabin in the middle of the woods right. and like the snowplow can't get there because oh the snowplow was stuck. And it was, you know, but again, it, it was, uh, everybody working on that movie was really, you know, in it to win it. And, sure. and I mean, it was cold. It was, you know, there was a day where like half the crew like couldn't make it out to the wow. cabin because everybody was stuck. And so, you know, we shot what we could, yeah. you know, and, and um, we 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 made it. I mean, it was uh, the coldest night. Was that scene? It's the fight out in the shack. Yeah. And that Joe and I were driving to set. I was staying with Joe at his house. Joe and I were driving to set, and when we got there, um, I think the thermometer outside read 
negative 27. Oh my God. Without, without counting wind chill. Right. And it was, you know, I mean, it was, it was so cold, like the camera was freezing and then sure. the blood would freeze. And then, you know, fortunately I had a car that I could hop in and out of, but right. I mean, I'm not, after a while it was, I remember, I remember being so cold that it hurt more to walk back, open the right. car, and get in for 30 seconds, and then get back out. So I would just stand there, and my, you know, they would put a blanket over me, and then I would just literally lay my hands on top of the light. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, yeah. and just have my hands on the light, and just be, be like, tell me what to do. My brain's dead. Right. You know, <laughs> You're gonna have to walk me through. I'll this. do it. Um, yeah. But again, you can really, I think, see it in the final product. Absolutely. Well, it's just the the amount of like heart and commitment in in all of your work really I mean and it's from everybody you know I mean it just it comes through because it is that sense of community and it's that hey we got to get this done you know and um with almost human and mind's eye and even going forward I mean there's a big emphasis also on practical effects how important is that for you as an actor oh I mean it's you know I, I I haven't done any like really big movies where I've been you know dealing with looking at a fake CGI monster or something but I know for me I mean you you have a visceral reaction to something that's viscerally in front of you. Right. You know, and like Mind's Eye is a great example. You know, you when you see somebody's head get split open in front of you, your reaction is going to be way different than right. if you're looking at a tennis ball and they're <laughs> right. telling you. You know, and I mean, obviously, like, you know, good actors can, can totally do that and they can right. sell it. But I know for me, you know, it's it just seems easier for everybody. You know, it's sure. like, you know, it, as a filmmaker, too, you know what you're getting. You know, you know what's in yeah. your camera. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love practical effects. I, I don't, I don't really understand why, why there's like this, this idea that it's, you know, going to be cheaper to do CGI because I feel like it's not going to be that much cheaper and you're going to be, you know, don't, and don't you want it to look the best it possibly can and don't you want to you know, be able to craft it there. Sure. Yeah, so I, I don't know, but we just watched, uh, the bye bye man the other night. Which oh yeah. I haven't seen it. It's, it's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Uh, but, <laughs> but more so just even little things. I mean, just, just like CGI blood splatter is one of my biggest pet peeves in the world. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, I mean, it doesn't take much and it, it just to add that, add that authenticity. I mean, is, is incredible. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, you know, and, and granted, like, I, I think that obviously there are times when you need CGI right. or I think too, you can augment stuff with CGI. That's and, the big thing. And, yeah. you know, so I'm not like a CGI hater at all. Right. I just, I, I, what I don't like is just a blind reliance on it. I think, right. I think you, you get it as close as it possibly can and then you sweeten it sure. with CGI. I think that's what the technology is best for. Sure. Um, you know, speaking of authenticity, uh, I mean, there, there, there's a level of authenticity with things like, uh, Tales from Halloween and Mind's Eye and Beyond the Gates where you start to bring in the older generation. You have like Larry Fessenden and Barbara yeah. and what, what, what's that like for you as an actor to be able to work alongside them? Oh, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, one, they're veterans, you know, and sure. so they're, they're a very, uh, calming presence on set, you know, like, like, um, you know, Larry Fessenden, you know, I mean, one, I mean, he's, he's a total idol of mine. Like yeah. I, I never, Larry I, is God. <laughs> I, I, he's a God. I never thought that I'd be, you know, uh, like Wendigo is one of my all time favorite movies. Yeah. I think it's just absolutely brilliant. And I'm sitting there on set with him, you know, and, and he's in j- just to see how like totally professional he is and how, you know, like I'm there looking at him and he's off camera and he's supposed to be just like laying there you know, on the floor and he doesn't need to be there. And they said, okay, well you can go, you know, we're just going to get this. He goes, no, no, I'm going to lay down and you know, he can react to me. And I'm going, man, here's, you know, he didn't have to do that. Yeah. And that's awesome. You know, same with Barbara, like, you know, Barbara is just incredible. And she 
she, you know, knows exactly, you know, what she needs to do to be the most effective. She's super sweet, super giving. Sure. Um, you know, and I, I, I wish that in Beyond the Gates we had gotten to be in person sure. on screen together, but uh, but she got to stare me down for a it, long time. It's still a neat kind of full circle moment from Barbara Crampton with Reanimator yeah. and everything. I mean, it's oh yeah, totally. That's so wild. I know it, it. It was definitely a pinch me moment. Sure. Um, <laughs> you know, just me. You know, thinking of me as a kid watching Reanimator from Beyond. You right. Know, and then and then fast forward and I'm doing Reanimator and I'm meeting Barbara Crampton. How cool! And then. Oh my God! And now, That's you know, so now we're together. It's it's great. Very very cool. Well, we're we're kind of moving forward to where we are today. You know, uh, tonight is the the world premiere of no big world sequence premiere. break. Yeah. How does that feel? It feels great. You know, it's I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, like there are nerves, but it's all of excitement. You know, I'm just I'm ready for the people. I'm ready for people to see it. This is your crowd for it too. I oh mean, yeah, the, this festival and this crowd. I mean, it's gonna be. It's oh gonna yeah, be I'm 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 so excited about it. I mean, I, I'm really proud of it. We've worked really hard. Sure. You know, it's it's we, we've worked very quickly. It's almost a year to the day. Yeah. Since we started production. And some of my research, that was one of the things I noticed. It was announced like on Blumhouse. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. That's we, nuts. We moved really fast. Um, and you know, I, I don't know how that happened. I think we were just, you know, it's like, let's get it done. Sure. You know, let's make it. Sure. Um, Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so Sequence Break uh, stars Chase Williamson, uh, from, Fabian, from John, John Dies, Dies at, at the End, end sure. uh, and Siren. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. And then uh, Fabian Therese, uh, who's amazing. She's in um, uh, uh, Southbound and Starry Eyes. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, rounding out the cast, uh, uh, Lyle Canales, Audrey Wazlewski, and, and Johnny Dynan, all really, really amazing actors. Sure. Um, yeah, it's about um, Oz, played by Chase. Uh, he's a, a video arcade repair technician. Um, and uh, on the same day, um, this mysterious, beautiful young woman, uh, Tess, played by Fabienne, uh, she comes into his life, and he receives this uh, mysterious circuit board uh, that he plugs into a, a, a arcade cabinet, and this game um, begins to fracture his reality sure um and so it's sort of a, a cronenbergian you know trip down the rabbit hole of of uh this the the strange sinister metaphysical forces of this bizarre machine and sure. this game uh and his relationship with this woman um yeah so it's interesting to me you're you're wrote and directed yeah as far as writing was concerned, was there some of the myth of like the, the polydeus? Polybius? Polybius. Yeah. 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 So, so kind of the way it came about was years and years ago. I mean, I, it might've been like 10 years ago. I read about the Polybius myth, which sure. the Polybius myth, you know, it's this urban legend basically of an arcade game that was in one, like this one arcade in Portland uh, back in the eighties right. and people would play it and they would have seizures and a couple of people died. And then the reports were that, uh, like men in black, you know, government operatives would come and check the machine and it was all about mind control. Sure. And so I, I just, for years I've been going, this would make such a cool movie, but what do you do with it? And, and I even wrote a whole script that was like a period piece about like, Oh wow. Shady government operatives right. and this whole thing. It was totally different. And, but it was never something that totally clicked with me. Uh, and, we got to, um, it, we were actually touring around with the mind's eye. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, I revisited Videodrome. Oh, okay. And I, 
I watched Videodrome and I went, oh, this is how you tell the story. Sure. And so I, I reworked it completely and I plugged in um, some personal stuff that I was going through at the time and, and filtered it sort of, because the thing about Videodrome and what I really love about Cronenberg's work is that he's able to cinematically take, you know, very real ideas, right? So in Videodrome, you know, he's talking about cancer, he's talking about fear of technology, he's sure. talking about all this stuff and he's able to take these very real things, filter it into metaphor and then make the metaphor real, right. you know? And, and I think that's just so effective and so brain warpy and, and it allows you to, you know, I think tell a story, but, but leave a lot of it up to the audience's personal experience. Sure. You know, cause everybody reacts to Videodrome differently, you know, right. and it's such a visceral thing. Um, plus I just wanted to make a movie that, that was different. Sure. Um, and yeah, so I reworked the script and then, uh, and, and really, you know, just fell in love with it and it all felt right. And, uh, then, yeah, the, the, my producers, uh, who are actually my godparents and they're also in the movie. Yeah. They came to me, uh, in, in March of last year and said that they were interested in producing a film and wow. helping to raise money. And it happened. Were you always interested in directing it? Yeah. I, I wanted to direct it. Um, and you know, it's funny because I hadn't really, I've written some other stuff that sure. like has been trying to get off the ground and in those I, previously I hadn't really been that interested in directing, but mm -hmm. there was something that was so personal about this for me sure. that I just went, you know, I would, I would like to do this. And, um, I, I, I toyed a little bit with maybe I would want to be in it. Okay. Um, and then I just went, you know, if I'm going to be an effective director, I'm, there's, yeah. there's no way that. I can do this and I'm glad it didn't. And Chase is like incredible in the movie. Sure. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, I mean, Chase and, and Fabian, like they're, I mean, those are, they're iconic, you know, modern horror actors. I mean, yeah. Fabian, like in, in Southbound and the difference between like Southbound and Starry Eyes, I almost could not believe it was the same. Actress. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, what's the, I mean, what's that like, you know, as a, as a first time director, but also as an actor, I mean, what are you bringing to them, what are they bringing to you? Yeah, good question. Uh, I mean, one, it's totally comforting knowing that I have such great actors sure. working with me, you know, and it was, and so it's a lot of, um, I know when I'm an actor, I like a sense of collaboration and I like a sense of freedom to explore. And I like, um, you know, I, I, I tend to like to get like kind of a, a roadmap sure. of like, okay, you know, here's where we're going and here's, you know, physically, but also emotionally of like, start here and here, you know, here's some movie references. I love movie references, sure. <laughs> you know, and, and then I kind of take it from there and, and, you know, rehearsal time is always a blessing. So I just tried to give that to all my actors, sure. you know, and, and trust them. And, you know, and I think, I think there was a mutual trust between all of us Absolutely. to where if I saw something that I felt needed to be going in a different direction, I could say that and they would totally make it work sure how many rehearsal days did you have um i don't know probably three or four okay you know sure. um and typically i'm um, for movie you get none right yeah, you know yeah. and and we um like i found for when we did beyond the gates that was really great you know i got sure. to work with chase and bria um you know a lot before we we really dove in um, you know, so I wanted to do that as much as possible. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think probably three or four times we met and we, you know, went through stuff and talked about things. And so that really helped us be able to move as quickly as we did. Sure. To back up just a little bit and talking about the writing, how many drafts did you go through? What was your editing process like? Um, I don't know. I probably, I think it was version seven is what okay. we filmed. Sure. Um, I think, um, 
and yeah, I, I don't know. It was really just, you know, the way I write is I, I just sort of write the whole thing very quickly, right. like the whole thing. And then I go back through and I just sort of, it's as I'm rereading it that I start making changes. And, right. you know, structurally the film, I think mostly stayed the same, um, you know, and then obviously as you're filming lots of stuff, you, you get know, three cracks at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, the, the, you know, you film it and then there are some decisions you make on the fly, right. you know, and then when you edit it there again, you have the ability to totally change the movie another time. So how mu- how involved were you with the editing? Uh, I was there every day. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, so Zach Wigman, our, our editor, he, who did an incredible job. Um, he did like a first pass, you know, he assembled stuff and then sure. watched it. And then we, we just, you know, built it from there Went through it together. Uh, so did you have a choice in bringing it to, to Chattanooga Film Festival or was, did you submit here and, or was this like, yeah, this is the festival that I, that I would like to be at or yeah, how did that work? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Chris Dorch, he reached out to me and, and really loved the film and, you know, we, you know, this, we, we were looking at it and, and I was going, you know, this would be our world premiere. And then I thought, we're better, you know, to, you know, I know a lot of people talk about, you know, oh, try for this one and, right. you know, yeah. and whatever. And, you know, we looked at Chattanooga and just said, these people are so great. You know, I have a, a history with Fantastic Fest sure. and I love all the people there. And obviously there's a lot of crossover, um, you know, and, and we just said, you know, at this, at this place we'll be special and we'll be with the right people. That's and, great. uh, you know, I, I'm so happy to throw, every ounce of support behind Chris and, and what everybody's doing at, at this festival. It's really, uh, I mean, I've only been here a day and it's just been incredible. It's, it's fascinating. I mean, from the few years that we've been coming, even, I mean, each year it's just gotten bigger and better and just the programming is just, it just caters to film fans. So I think tonight is going to be really special. Yeah. Um, so what's next for you? What's next? Um, you know, it's funny. I, Obviously, directing a movie is very time-intensive, <laughs> right, sure. so I didn't act in a lot this year. Right. Um, we, uh, I acted in a couple of small things mm-hmm. um, that hopefully will be coming out and or hitting the festival circuit. Great. Um, and, yeah, you know, I have other movies I want to direct. Sure. So I think first things first, I want to, you know, we'll, we'll show the movie and see how it goes and, you know, try to sell it and all that. Um, you know, but I think part of the beauty of film festivals like this is, you get to meet other filmmakers Absolutely. and you get to, you know, there's a lot of um, opportunity for collaboration. Sure. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm just excited to sort of experience, you know, premiering the movie and hearing what people think about it and getting it out to the world. Um, but yeah, then I'd, I'd love to keep directing. I miss acting. I'd love to, you know, I want to sure. get back into acting. Um, one thing I know that's coming out this year that I'm excited about is we, we finally did a reanimated the musical cast album. Oh, um, fantastic! So that I don't I don't know any other information aside from they've told me it'll be this year sometime. Sure. But um, we any, had a great time recording that. Any chance of a revival? You know, I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> I'd be down. I'd be down. I I don't. I haven't heard anything. I just saw. Um, I just saw Stuart the other night. Actually, he um, in Los Angeles. Uh, so Stuart adapted um, the Kurt Vonnegut book, The Sirens of Titan, oh, into wow. a play back in the seventies collaborating with Kurt Vonnegut wow. um, with his theater company. And then nothing ever happened with it. And then um, Ben Rock, mm-hmm. uh, who's, I don't know if you know his work, he directed sure. Alien Raiders and, you know, worked on Blair Witch Project. Sure. So he's, you know, in LA and, um, and he, you know, discovered this, reached out to Stuart, 
and they and and they got the manuscript and they're doing wow. a run of that play now. So um, wild. So and I just saw that and it was just it was wonderful. Sure. Um, so I just saw Stuart and you know I didn't hear anything new about <laughs> right. the musical, but. Uh, I think all of us are, are, you know, that's a part of our DNA now. Sure. Uh, we, so we'd love to. What are the other festivals that uh, Sequence Break is going to appear at? Um, the only one I can talk about right now is we're going to Phoenix next okay. week. Phoenix International Horror and Sci-Fi Film Festival. I think that's the whole thing. <laughs> um, that's on the 12th. Um, okay. Then we've got some other ones that are that are lined up that Great. I don't think I can talk about yet. All but, right. Yeah. Well, keep a lookout. Yeah. Graham, thank you so much for, hey, for thank doing you. this today. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, man, looking forward to tonight. Yeah, yeah, me too. Well, for Bigger Show, this has been Mike D. Thank you all so much for listening and catch the rest of our Chattanooga Film Festival coverage the rest of this week. Goodbye.